0: Welcome to Give Me Fiction. My name is Ivan Hernandez, and I'll be your host. Each month at Give Me Fiction, some of the finest minds in comedy, literature, and the arts write pieces based on a theme. Each week on this podcast, we deliver one of those readings to the listening public. This episode, we bring you a story by writer Maggie Takuta Hall On the masculinity theme. Of GMF, she described the relationship between an animal trainer and her ward in Miriam the Manly Metronome.
1: Mary had never been dry humped so much in her whole life. It had only been a week, but she was already worried she may not fulfill her contract. A job's a job, she told herself, but her thighs ached from where Pete rubbed himself against her nearly constantly. Pete was a bottle-nosed dolphin, a young adult male, <laughs> and it was her job to teach him how to speak English. Eh, Mary said, ee, 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 Pete replied. <laughs> Mary tried again. I-oh. Pete resumed humping her thighs. He did that a lot. She tried to take his affections as a compliment, but he was a dolphin. And also, there was no one else to choose from. (laughs) If her relationship with Ben hadn't imploded as spectacularly as it had, Mary likely wouldn't have taken the job. But it had imploded and the implosion had been spectacular and Mary found herself in need of both a new apartment and a new job since Ben had been her boss as well as her roommate as well as her lover. An arrangement that now appeared as myopic as hindsight could possibly allow. (laughs) So when she found the listing for Animal Keeper Wanted, No Experience Necessary, Room and Board Supplied, she lunged for it. One of the grad students, a precariously thin young man whose adolescent acne had never cleared, gave her the tour. It was a normal enough apartment with a bed, a stove, a refrigerator. But it was also filled up to Miri's waist in seawater. Be- that part's true. The bed was a hammock suspended from the ceiling. The couch was a piece of wood that drifted listlessly through the space. Pete is pretty middle-of-the-road intelligence-wise, the grad student told her. Mary forgot his name. He spent most of the tour making eye contact with the ground, or at least what could be seen of the ground, underneath the constantly churning water. A complicated filtration system had been put in place. But of all of our specimens, he exhibited the most immediate self-recognition, so there's that. (laughs) Mary liked Pete. She did not like constantly being humped. (laughs) Pete! Mary shouted, please concentrate! Pete shouted over her. He did this a lot, too. Taking turns to speak was apparently not a dolphin trait. <laughs> Spending 24 hours a day, seven days a week for a year with a bottlenose dolphin had seemed like a good idea at the onset. <laughs> what a story, Mary thought, to tell at the next Christmas dinner. A variety of coaches had been chosen, from true linguists to ESL teachers, animal behaviorists, to laymen like Mary. They would each live in solitude with a dolphin and attempt to build the linguistic bridge where once there had been none. For his lack of English... Pete was a clear communicator about one thing. (laughs) Stop it! (laughs) Miri batted him in his boner away from her leg, where a blooming blue bruise was taking shape. She crawled onto the dry platform under her hammock and dried herself off. What the fuck, man? She said to no one, but also to Pete. It's just penis, penis, penis with you all the time! Pete chattered happily and dolphin to Miri. She had no evidence to support it, but she suspected he was trying to explain something to her, loudly and repeatedly. Finding her unreceptive, he swam away. Later, the other coaches would ask her how. How had she done it? None of the other dolphins responded the way Pete had. And coaches had tried all manner of different tactics. Positive reinforcement, deprivation, Pavlovian method, LSD, electroshock therapy, passive-aggressive compliments. What... What had Miri done so differently, they wanted to know. His English vocabulary, though, admittedly limited, far surpassed what any dolphin could say. It was a miracle. Or something just south of a miracle. (laughs) For all his strengths, Ben had been lousy in bed. Not lousy so much as boring. He'd learn early on in their courtship that Miri liked having her ears kissed, her wrists held, And so he attended to these duties with the precision of an algorithm every single time. And after three years, all their sex had blurred into one metronomic memory for Miri. Kiss, fondle, hump. Kiss, fondle, hump. In an effort to spice things up, Miri had bought a sex toy and introduced it brazenly in the act of coitus. "'What the shit?' Ben shouted. He catapulted out of bed, clutching his balls. "'What the shit?' he said again, apparently at a lack for more words." He was very handsome. Everyone told Mary so, but he wasn't handsome then. Too much? Mary asked. She thought the dildo would be a great addition. She'd even gone to the care to make sure it was smaller than Ben, a shopping feat that deserved its own accolades. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. But then they didn't have sex for a month after that. When they did resume, it was back to their regularly scheduled programming. Kiss, fondle, hump. Kiss, fondle, hump. The routine was what Ben liked, and the machinations of their relationship clicked on ahead for some time longer. It was with the memory of sex with Ben in her mind that Miri made her breakthrough with Pete. Males, it seemed of any species, could be easily handled if you were willing to roll up your sleeves, create, and then attend to a routine. Because one thing was for sure, Pete couldn't concentrate on learning when he had a boner. (laughs) So Miri resorted to hand jobs. When Pete approached her in his with his tumescent dolphin dick, Mary did what many bored girlfriends, wives, and hookers had done for centuries before her, and gave Pete a good, firm-gripped, old-fashioned. She learned quickly. He li- <laughs> she learned quickly. He liked more pressure than friction, more twisting than up and down. He was easy to read, after all, and communicated his enjoyment. It was not sexual to her so much as it was practical, and the bruises on her thighs began to recede. Her forearms grew thick and strong. <laughs> <laughs> A, Mary said. Ayy, e, 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 Pete responded. I, Mary said. Ayy, e, 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 said Pete. Within three months, Mary and Pete had established their own daily rhythm eat, hand job, learn, eat, hand job, learn. <laughs> and it worked. uh, (laughs) Ticking along through the days, the weeks and the months, like an immaculately constructed clock. Once they'd overcome the initial hurdle of Pete's concentration, she was even able to use her methods to incentivize learning. (laughs) Communicating effectively and politely with Miri, Pete learned, meant he got a nice handy. (laughs) And with such great rewards to motivate him, Pete even used the mirror that was half submerged in the bathroom to practice on his own. Miri would watch him as he spouted his vowels over and over again, only emerging if he was hungry or horny. (laughs) It never occurred to Miri to be ashamed until she did her end-of-year debriefing with the scientist in charge, Dr. Lily. Lily was the kind of clean-cut, square-jawed, East Coast white guy that had never been susceptible to Miri's charm. Her meeting with him had been brief and intense. You mean to tell me you stimulated him sexually? Lily demanded. (laughs) Behind him, a grad student unsuccessfully stifled a snicker. Considering that someone else had given a dolphin LSD, Miri was a little surprised to learn that her methods, which had proven to be the most successful, were considered the most inappropriate. He wouldn't concentrate otherwise, sir. And Jesus Christ, she thought it's not like I fucked him. (laughs) Lily gave her a look that she could read for what it was. Slut. "'Slut. Slut. Tell no one,' Lily commanded. "'She'd be given no credit publicly. That much Lily made absolutely clear. "'Her name would be struck from their records. "'No one would know about Miri, nor would they know about her metronomic ministration of Handies. "'But she'd be paid. Fine,' Miri said, fine. "'However, when the news broke that Lily's lab had fostered an English-speaking dolphin, "'Pete's vocabulary did all the talking.' With the news cameras rolling and Lily standing proudly next to the tank, Pete recited his vowels just as he was supposed to, much to the delight of anyone, everyone. But then, unbidden, he rolled over, revealing his pink and erect boy bits to the cameras. (laughs) No, cried Lily. He tried in vain to coerce the reporters to stop, to turn off the cameras, but the cameras kept on rolling. And that night, on the national news, all of America heard the four words that Pete had spent the entire year mastering. Miri, please, penis, me. Thanks.
0: You can find Maggie online at prettyokmaggie.com and on Twitter at EMTEE Hall. Give Me Fiction's live show happens the first Sunday of every month at Lost Weekend Video in San Francisco, California. GMF is produced by Will Scovel. You can find his narrative anthology podcast, Tales from the Swan Hotel, at soundcloud.com slash tenderindustries. For news, updates, and more, check out gimmefiction.net, at gmfshow on Twitter, and facebook.com slash gimmefiction. You can email us at gmfshow at gmail.com and can donate to the show through PayPal at the same address. I'm online at ivanhernandez.net and on Twitter at ivan underscore hernandez. Our theme song is provided by Power Pyramid, and you can check out more of their music at powerpyramid.bandcamp.com. You can listen to us on SoundCloud and Stitcher. If you enjoyed the show, you can rate and review us on the iTunes store. This has been Gimme Fiction.